So I'm going to be talking again. You guys do get in church. I'm going to be As, as you remember, or so those of you that were here, we, well, I was preparing in James 3 today, and I thought, it's real easy to get bogged down as a preacher, you know? It really is. And I thought, we need to remember what we're doing and why we're doing it, all right? And so we're not just in the book of James. We're not just going through the book of James. This is a series called Four Voices, Four Voices. And it is the voices of James, Peter, John, and Jude speaking into our lives. And so we're going through James. We're going to go through it, you know, at a relative speed. But the point of the whole thing is this. We have many voices speaking into our lives. They are loud. They are needed. They are sometimes necessary and certainly sometimes unnecessary, you know. And, and, and we don't want to lose the voice of God speaking to us. We really don't. And it's so easy to do. It is so easy to do. The problem with the voice of God, when you kind of quit listening to it or it doesn't become strong enough, is that it has a sort of an exponential effect where it, it like, and then you don't, and then, and then, and then, and, and all of a sudden turn around. Like, where's God on Where'd he go? You know? And so, keep the big picture in mind um, and, and, and try in your own life. I think Sean was kind of going there, which was like, quiet the other voices and, and set your mind and heart to hear from God. He is the one that will bring it all to pass. He is. We may not think he is. We think it's all natural, but he is. And so listening to the creator, listening, I love that line in that song we sang. Peter comes up with the weirdest versions of songs. And, 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 and it's like the winds and waves still remember his name. <laughs> you know, they do. Absolutely they do. Okay? And so I forget that, you forget that. So, so listening to the voice of God listening, f not to, for the voice of God in your life is really what it's all about, okay? And so today we're going to be considering the subject of wisdom, uh, specifically the priority and, and importance of, of godly wisdom, because there is more than one kind of wisdom, you know? And James makes that point in our passage. The interesting thing today is we have at our fingertips more knowledge, more facts, more opinions, and more postings on Facebook. Okay, that's the last time. Um, than, than, than anything, any time in the world. You know, you can Google anything, okay, and act like an expert. So, um, but, but knowledge and even knowledge that's processed well isn't the same thing as wisdom, is it? Honestly, it really isn't. Um, and that's the subject of today's passage. It contrasts godly wisdom, wisdom from above, with earthly wisdom or wisdom from below. Now, I have to make up a point right now, okay? 
Um, we don't live in a bubble. Not all worldly wisdom is bad wisdom. You know, I'm, I'm really glad in the middle of a Pennsylvania hot summer when it's 93 degrees and 93% humidity that, in my opinion, God gave somebody the wisdom to invent the, air the, the engineering for air conditioning. Oh, yes, I am, and in my car. I once drove out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, in that, their famous heat wave out there, in a car with no air conditioning in it at all, you know, and it's like, no. And um, besides my wife, you, you, I'm not going to ask you to name it, but you know, you know the guy who invented air conditioning? Mr. Freon. Mr. Freon, that was his actual name. So, um, so Proverbs puts it this way, so we need wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. And I, it's a really interesting couple of verses from Proverbs because it doesn't say you have to be wise. It says you have to have a heart to seek wisdom. Okay? That's really, and I'm, I'm glad for that. I'm really glad for that. Um, and, and so let's, let's, let's jump right into our passage. But, you know, God will give you wisdom if you seek it. We read that in James 1. All right? You don't have to be so smart. You just have to be smart enough to pray. Okay? If you're smart enough to pray, God is big enough to answer. All right? So let's read the passage. I will probably go to 11.15, so if any, any clock watchers, that's probably what I'll go to. Um, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the, weakness of, in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above, I love this, the wisdom from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, open to mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I love his emphasis on peace. Now, we can't go really anywhere in James now that we've gotten this far without straightening out one issue, okay? And the issue is this. You, you read James, and he hammers behavior change. I mean, he hits it hard. And I know that in light of that, some people have said, aha, see? The Bible contradicts itself. Because the Apostle Paul says that Christianity is all about faith. And James says it's all about behavior change. Humph. Has anyone here driven on Route 30 and 283 north out of Lancaster towards Harrisburg? I'm sure most of you have. I'm sure most of you have. And if you have, um, you will understand on that slide behind me, you will see on one side in the middle is this really thick concrete divider. And on the other side is this really strong metal guardrail, okay? And they're there 
to keep you from having serious accidents. Paul and James are like that. Okay. We go so far and we bump up and we, we have to realize that it is all about faith. Because otherwise we'd be a bunch of robots that just were legalists. And then we go the other way and we bump up against behavior change. And we realize that it's not just faith. It's behavior change as well. Okay, And so these, if you think Paul, I mean uh, James is strong, heavy-handed, realize that he's strong like that concrete three-foot wall is strong because it will absolutely keep you out of a front-end spiritual collision. So when we preach grace here, we do. But don't forget, grace is shown in behavior change. Grace is shown in changed lives. Want me to prove it? Okay. If you went backwards through the chapters and the sermons that we've preached out of James already, he talks about your faith should be shown in the change in how you speak. And you back up a little bit more, and he says, your faith should be shown in your heart and your ministry to the poor. It should be different. And we back up a, a, a little bit more. And he says, your faith should be shown in lack of prejudices. They should come down in your life. Okay, It should be shown to come down. And we even back up into the first part of chapter 1, and you see that your faith should be shown even in you handling trials differently. All right, Faith and behavior change. So, understanding that, puts it more in perspective. And that is where wisdom comes in. That's where wisdom comes in. Now, James contrasts the two types of wisdom. Let me give you a definition. Uh, wisdom is not, as I said before, not simply intelligence or knowledge. Check this out. It is the ability to use these to think and act in such a way that choices are beneficial and productive. What I like personally about this definition of wisdom is that it applies not only to spiritual wisdom, but to natural wisdom. Right? Right? I mean, and, and let me just throw it out there. You know, uh, Francis Schaeffer coined the phrase, all truth is God's truth. So if it's good, if it's right, we'll see that. If it's true, if it's beneficial, air conditioning is beneficial. Okay? I mean, it probably wasn't a Christian, but all truth is God truth, all good discoveries. You know, whatever you fought cervical cancer with is, is you know, that's a good discovery. That's, God, that's from God, okay? That's from God. So let's, um, let's look at a couple of lists, all right? Um, the first one is the list on earthly wisdom. If you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but the earthly, unspiritual, demonic. What characterizes the wisdom that isn't godly? That's what James says, okay? And he says, primarily, it's earthly. Okay. Now, he doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an earthly job or, you know, all this. What he does mean is that it's focused on earthly things to the exclusion of Jesus Christ serving the Lord and His kingdom. Okay? 
It, it doesn't acknowledge the creator, but it's just is a creation, as, as Paul says in Romans 1. Okay, it doesn't acknowledge. Tim was saying, I'm trying to acknowledge God in my business. Okay, so it doesn't acknowledge. That earthly. And now, look at this list. Okay, you can, you can see the list behind me. Um, I'm only going to comment on a couple of them. Um, and, <clears throat> and the first one is false to the truth. The reason I want to comment on that is because when you see the word truth in the Bible, your spiritual antenna should go up. That's like a ding, ding, ding word, you know, okay? The word truth. Because it, it will reference other truths, but it's primarily that's the big idea, all right? My point is this. For Christians, wisdom not only never contradicts the Bible, but is always in line with it and can be found generally in it, okay? So when you hear people like myself say, go to a Bible study and learn a Bible or memorize a Bible verse or get into the Bible, your Bible, Bible, you know, the reason is not so you can be persecuted with memorization or reading. The reason is because without it, you will not have wisdom. Demonic jealousy and selfish ambition, disorder in every vile practice. I, I just have to bring it up because I just have to. When I was working on this, this phrase was running through my head. I know it when I see it. <laughs> okay, I know when I see it. Because wisdom isn't something you can put in a jar and say red is right and green is wrong. Okay? It's not like that. All right? And so <laughs> I Googled, I thought I knew where that phrase came from, but I, I, I Googled it. There you go. And, and, and in 1964, Supreme Court Justice Potter Stewart made the famous comment. I know it when I see it, okay? It's in reference, excuse me, but it was in reference. He had to rule on obscenity in a film, and the people that were trying to defend it said, well, you've got to write us a real long definition of what obscenity is. And he said, I could, to put it bluntly, I could do that, but I know it when I see it, okay? And, and... And, and so, in my own life, in other people's lives, earthly wisdom, earthly demonic wisdom, what he's talking about here, and really in conduct and behavior, you can sense it. You can feel it. I kind of know it when I see it, you know? And the Bible talks about having your senses trained with righteousness. And the more that you, that you um, get into God's Word, the more, the more clear that will be to you that that may seem right. Now, I'm going to tell you something. It makes no sense for Peter to move to Pittsburgh and start church. No, no, I'm telling you. It makes no sense whatsoever. He has no people, very little money, uh, you know, and, and, but God's spoken to him and Jamie. Okay? God's spoken to him. 
So um, yeah, that's what's nice about some of the records in the Bible. It did not make any sense for Moses to leave Egypt for those people, okay? I, believe me. Um, and so, <clears throat> so, you know, that's an extreme example, a very extreme example, okay? But of, okay, it doesn't make a lot of worldly sense, but God has spoken to me, all right? And so, <clears throat> in our own lives, we need specifically to look at um, verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Look at this. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. You know, I know people say, oh, I'm spiritual, I'm spiritual. And then, and then you're around them and it's like, they're like going off and angry and, you know, doing just bad stuff. And it's like, no, James says, by your good conduct. Christians should be exemplary. No, we're not perfect. We know we're not perfect. We never preach that. But Christian lives should be exemplary. Someone should be able to see from your life. They may not see that you're, but they might say, yeah. I know what that person will do. That person will have high standards. And um, so uh, it's, it's really interesting that James balances everything, and I think the balance is good for us. Let's just look at heavenly wisdom. And he defines it, heavenly wisdom, as pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Look at the list. Pure, you know, that's sort of, that's what I was talking about. You kind of know it when you see it. It's good. It's right. It's wholesome. You know, it breeds good things. Peaceable. Okay, y'all. About to tread on some toes on this. All right. Peaceable. That means when you argue, you're peaceable. Jamie and I do not always agree. But we are almost never disagreeable. Okay? And that is the model, or the, I'm not saying our, but, but that is the biblical um, injunction. In your anger, do not sin. Okay? It says, you may, <laughs> I've been angry before. Does that give me the right to say anything I want to? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it probably means I got to walk away until I get unangry. You guys haven't seen me angry until you see me on the phone with a telemarketer. <laughs> Where Jesse's not here, she would go. Mm -hmm. um, so, <clears throat> so peaceable, gentle, it goes along with the same thing. There is never a call to be ungentle. You can be strong, you can be really strong. Okay? Open to reason. Um, teachable. Having a teachable spirit. All right, check this out. The good news, I didn't translate this, okay? The good news translation of Proverbs 12, 15. Stupid people always think they are right. Wise people listen to advice. <laughs> Who translated that? <laughs> Seriously, that's like, that's like wrong. <laughs> Full of mercy and good fruits. Let me just say this and then we'll wind it down. 
the kind of mercy that is being described here is not just for somebody that's in trouble. But it means to be merciful even if the trouble is their own fault. And we could sit and think about that for a while, couldn't we? Even if the trouble is their own fault. Mercy is not dependent upon guilt or innocence. And we find it so much easier to be merciful to the one we believe is suffering unjustly. You see, we are called to be merciful to those who are suffering because of their own problems of sin. Okay. If God waited until you were innocent to show you mercy, he'd be waiting a very long time. We're all guilty. And we're all guilty every day. I don't care who we are. And yet, God shows us mercy. So, impartial and sincere. So, it's interesting that in this passage, James focuses on two things. Our heart attitude and behaviors. I mean, yeah, our heart attitude and behaviors. But, but primarily in our relationships. This is where I think a lot of this has worked out. Um, and it's interesting in light of the two great commandments our heart attitude, love the Lord our God, and then our, our relationships, love our neighbor, right? It's interesting how that kind of makes it happen. Um, so let your attitude seek God in his kingdom and have glorious transformed relationships. We can hear this. We can hear God's word. But unless we decide to ask God to change us and it's not only asking God to change you that can be an excuse as well as a prayer it's, it's saying Lord I will commit to changing as much as I can but I need your help I need your help I can't do it by myself and that in no greater way is seen at the cross of Christ where the mercy of God was shed for guilty people like us. And I was thinking about it this week and it's like the reason people don't accept the mercy of God through Christ is because they don't think they really need it. We all need it. The only way to have a relationship with him or to live forever with him is through his mercy. So if you've never done that, never made that step, it applies to everybody. Um, but the Bible says that if you'll call out to him, just cry out to him. He's rich in mercy from all who are called upon him. Rich in mercy. So let's, um, <clears throat> today, let's remember the good news that Christ died for us. When we repent, he forgives us. When we ask for God's power to change, he gives it to us. And when we commit to godly change, we are walking 
in godly wisdom. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, all that you do. Um, and it, it is really all of you. And we ask you to, to infuse us with some of your power, Lord, that we might walk with you, even as you walk with us.